Welcome to Fatten, a podcast where we get into the thick of it. My name is Layla Cameron, and I'm an academic, journalist, and artist. Most of my work revolves around body politics and fat liberation. This season, we're exploring what it's like to be fat in Vancouver, a place often referred to as Canada's thinnest city. I was living in the West End when I signed up for my very first yoga class. Like many other situations, I walked into the studio and noticed that I was the largest person in the class. About halfway through, the instructor came over to me and pushed on my back in an attempt to help me successfully complete a forward fold. However, unlike their other students, I had a belly that took up the space that they were trying to fold me into. A few years later, I registered for a full-bodied yoga class run by a fat instructor named Helen Kamisa. And in my first class with Helen, as we prepared to do a forward fold, she guided us to pick up our bellies and move them with us. Now, I successfully completed the pose, and I was amazed that with a slight adjustment, I could complete something that I thought I couldn't do. But even more importantly, I felt grateful to have found a space where I could move my body without feeling embarrassed. Helen is the guest featured on this episode, where we explore what it means to engage with fitness from a new direction, one that moves away from disciplinary or punishing approaches to embracing the concept of joyful movement. To start off, I would appreciate if you could tell me how you identify, including your pronouns, as well as if you identify with the word fat, and if you do, how do you identify with that word? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so my pronouns are she, her, hers, and I do identify with the word fat. I am still, pardon the pun, I'm still growing into it, I think. For a while, I didn't like using the word fat because, for obvious reasons, it is used as a slur or it had been against me for a long time, but now I'm really... um, growing to like it because I think it more explicitly states, I don't know, it's more explicitly states what you support versus body positivity, which I identified more with for a long time. So uh, fat for me now, I like to advertise things more fat positive. So it gives people a more specific idea of what I'm doing. Have you heard of the fat spectrum, like the small fat, mid fat? Do you fall anywhere on that that spectrum or in a category? I feel like I've heard of it. I don't know like in depth about it. I feel like I fall in like the mid, I'm an 18, size 1820. So I don't know where that lands. It's either smaller or mid. Um, But I only learned about that in like the last year. So it's kind of interesting to know. And it's very eye-opening, right? As someone who kind of lands on um, a level where some places where they kind of hit the higher end of clothes, I can like slide in to the larger sizes, but then there's so many other people that are excluded from it. But I think, yeah, smaller mid is where I land. Well, I want to acknowledge as well that shift in your own business and practice from using body positivity or body positive as a, as a word or a term 
to moving towards more of, of a fat positive perspective. And I'm curious what your origin story is as a fat positive yoga instructor. Like, how did you get here? What, not only how did you enter that body positive space, but then how did you take it one step further into fat positivity? It still feels fairly new in a way. Like I, I, I still enjoy <laughs> enjoy is the right word like the body positive movement but I think it's been especially in wellness spaces which is like yoga um, it's been a little bit co-opted and so again we fall into this idea of you you have to look a certain way to have that now and so um, for me over the last few years I think it's been a part of um, embracing my own fatness and embracing fat as a better word or a good word or a more specific word. And also I want, I think because body positivity is kind of um, more like accessible to all in a way, I want people who are like, well, I'm not, I don't know what this is. People who are fat to go, if they see fat positive, they go, okay, I know that this is for me. I know this is not a space where I'm going to show up for a body positive thing and end up being the only fat person in the room because that can happen. And again, not knocking people who want body positivity. When I was smaller, I hated my body as well. And so I could have used that at the time. But I think um, we want to make sure people feel uh included and know where they're invited. And so for me, it took a little while to kind of move into that because as I said, the word fat was troublesome to me for a while. And now that it's just become more comfortable and easeful, it's just more, it presents a little more in the things that I that I offer. And I think I've started teaching some students like uh, teacher training, yoga teacher students. And so I think in that, it's also become really important to specify to them the difference between body positivity and fat positivity in your classes and who you're talking to and how fat positivity is more political and it's more of a movement and how it like tends towards the more, um, a more marginalized group really. So uh, yeah, it's been an interesting exploration and an uncomfortable exploration, but that's how I find myself here now. If that's an answer, felt like a ramble, it's an answer. No, that was an excellent answer. <laughs> and I think it also really goes or transitions nicely into my next question, which I appreciate. Um, but I've been taking your, so I've been taking your yoga classes for a few years now. And I have to say that there is such an extreme and wonderful difference between the classes that you teach as a fat instructor and classes that I have taken where the instructor wasn't fat and no one else in the room was. Because, I mean, obviously as a fat instructor, your body just naturally changes the space when you walk into it. Like from the get-go, you know that your instructor understands your body more than a non-fat instructor does. And I do also think that then that space then creates an opportunity for people to approach themselves with gentleness and compassion. And I do think that that in some ways contradicts a lot of the motivation for people to enter fitness spaces. Often we enter fitness spaces because we want to discipline ourselves, punish ourselves, because we are trying to change ourselves. And so your approach to yoga and personal fitness is very radically different from how fat people and most people in general have been told to approach their bodies. And so I'm curious, what are some of the factors that you consider in creating that space? Because I felt so welcome walking into it, but I know that that takes a lot of thought and effort. So what are some of the characteristics or factors that you consider when creating your yoga classes? 
I feel like the number one thing I consider and the number one thing when I'm teaching other teachers is warmth. And it's individual, right? I don't, you don't have to be fake. Like I just happen to be kind of like a warm, humorous person and I let that live in my classes. I know sometimes there are teachers that feel there has to be a presentation of yoga teacher and that can feel quite different from their own personality. And for me, I really think like we want to be ourselves, ourselves, you know, appropriately in the space, but like inviting warmth is really important. And also the, you know, allowing people to, I when I say at the beginning of every class, I really want people to do what they want to do in the space. It's not about achieving something. It's not about um, getting to a certain place within the physical practice of yoga. Yoga is more than a physical practice. And the, the more we can kind of get on board with this idea of movement for pleasure, movement for connection to your body, movement to just know yourself or to just be with yourself for an hour, I think the more um, we can let go of this stuff that we, like you say, happens in mainstream fitness spaces where you, there has to be an achievement, there has to be a goal. And if you're in that space in a large body, the assumption is you're there to change it. And I'm not saying people don't come to my class because they don't want to change their body. I don't, I don't know that, but that's not my goal for them. And I think it's important when you're fat to ask yourself the question, do I want that? Because sometimes like we haven't asked ourselves the question because everybody has told us we want that. We should want that. And so I hope that my classes are a space where people come to maybe know themselves better um, and to start asking themselves questions. I want it to be a place of, like I say, warmth, but also inquiry and a place for, I say joyful movement. I realize yoga is not joyful for everybody. It's not easy to do. It can be uncomfortable, but a place for inviting joyful movement, joyful connection. Because at the end of the day, like, we don't owe anybody anything being in these bodies. We don't owe you. We don't owe you to look different. And unfortunately, that's just the message. That's not the message we're given. And so I hope my classes are a place to come and feel welcome, feel like you can do what you want to do and uh, to know, to get to know yourself. How can you know yourself if all the external voices are so loud telling you, you should be this, you should look like that, you should do this. This is how I want you to look. Um, I disagree and I hope my space is, my space or my classes are a space for people to, to explore that. I think they are and I, I'll never forget walking into your studio when we did in-person classes and you always say, sort of like a choose your challenge, if you wanna lie down and have a nap for an hour, you're allowed to. And I remember looking around the room and being like, yeah, right, I will never do that even though that's all I want right now. And I mean, obviously, so I've taken classes with you for a few years and then COVID hit and we switched to virtual classes. And I, I will say that there was a level of comfort established in the space that you facilitate that there have been days where I've thought, you know what, that move isn't going to feel good for me or that pose isn't going to be good for my body right now or I just want to lie down on my bolster and fall asleep. And I have. Mm -hmm. And I know that there are some poses that can kind of open up your um, an emotional response. And I'd never experienced that until I wasn't even in a pose, but I was allowing myself rest. But to still be present in a space, even though it was virtual, with other fat folks who I knew were also approaching their body with gentleness. And that was 
incredibly profound. It sounds so simple, but it, I, I can literally picture it and feel it right now. And I, as a fat person, have never been able to connect to my body and be present in my body in that way before. So I think you do achieve that and I appreciate it. And I think it's a very like sacred and very special space and thing to have achieved. So I do wanna acknowledge that. Um, and I, so you run a series of classes called Full Bodied Yoga, which states explicitly that these classes are for people who identify as plus size or bigger bodied or fat. And one of the things that I struggled with in creating my fats only softball team was how do we decide who is fat and who isn't? Mm -hmm. Or like, how do we guard the parameters of that community? Or who do we allow to participate? And so with that in mind, I'm wondering if you can expand on who the target audience is for your classes, or even have you had to have that conversation with someone and say, listen, this space isn't for you? Right. <laughs> Uh, I have not, but I do have people in my classes who are not fat, which surprised me. And my, I mean, I'm very explicit. The tagline is yoga for your big, beautiful bod. Um, and now they're listed as fat positive. So I'm really specific about who I'm inviting and who I'm catering to. Um, but I've, you know, I feel like I've definitely had people show up who are smaller and, some of them I know personally, and they, I know they just need a practice, and so they come, and some of them I don't. And then I, I've definitely had moments of like, does this person think they're fat? They're absolutely not. I don't know what's happening here. Or I've been like, I wonder if they signed up thinking it was something else, because full-bodied can confuse people. But at the end of the day, it's interesting how personally, you know, well, not personally, how noticing how people perhaps perceive themselves. And also, I think that I... I, I never want to have to tell anyone they can't come. However, if one day I'm looking up at my class and I'm the only fat person in it, then we have a problem and something's gone awry. <laughs> so so I think it's more like as long as the majority of my students are, are fat or identify as fat, then I'm okay with it. If other people come, I feel I haven't felt uncomfortable, though I've, I've noticed. It's more like, um, yeah, if like I say, if it ever got the other way because then we slip back into that body positive thing we were talking about we we're like this fat positive yoga and then a fat person walks in they're like wait what there's no fat people here then I would have to discuss but I haven't had to so far have you had any of your students reject the term fat or have a problem with the language you use in the space no one's ever spoken to me about it and I think because the title of the class is full-bodied um then I don't, I don't know that anyone really thinks about it. Uh, no one's ever, I do say fat in class, but no one's ever questioned it or asked me about it. And so I assume not, but maybe privately they're in their journal. <laughs> I don't like this. And I don't know how I ended up here, <laughs> but I'm too afraid to leave. I can't leave this class. I, I don't want to say fat. Yeah, and I think that's also for us to explore individually. Right? I know that I had to to kind of go, well, what's wrong with this word? It's simply a descriptor, but it's been taken away and thrown at us. And so it, I understand and appreciate if people don't want to be referred to as fat. And, you know, I guess it'd be different if I was pointing at an individual and being like, move your fat body to now, dog, then fair. <laughs> but it's more general language. So, so far, no complaints. I'm happy to hear that. I almost feel like I've gone too far where when I was reclaiming that word and, you know, really sort of pushing 
to change my life, everything be also became about fatness. And so I've also kind of reeled myself in and been like, it's okay to be in spaces where there are non-fat people. <laughs> or like, it's okay to, you know, um, expand your world beyond this like fat community, but at the same time with fitness and with like recreation and when it comes to moving my body in a public space, I still think that a fats only space is so sacred or at least one where fat people are prioritized and it's not just inclusive. Again, shifting from that like body positive to fat positive space I think is really important and I'm just not sure that that f the fitness world is past that. I think they just still need that so much. Not to generalize, but to generalize, I do think it, you know, overall there aren't enough classes like your full bodied classes and so we still really need to push for these things and I'm curious as well like you're again with your class as being this very sacred site have you ever received any resistance or pushback with non-fat yoga instructors or other people within your industry who either just don't get what you're trying to do or who even you know oppose it themselves I don't know that I've had anyone oppose it at least not to my face um but the, um I've definitely had the little asides like I I've grown my business over the years and I've definitely had people kind of go well you know it's that tone of like if you weren't I love it when people go like if you weren't fat you wouldn't be having this kind of stuff and I'm like I love that I love to hear that because all my life because I'm fat I can't do anything apparently and now that I'm doing this it's like well also it's because you're fat and so yeah but I really feel like you know, again, that's just a sign of this business that we're in, this like fitness and wellness world that it's people's own fat phobia and fat bias and um, th that is for them to reckon with. I'm, you know, I've really gotten into this space of I'm not here to prove to you why this should exist. I'm just here to offer it to people that want it. And if they no longer want, you know, if they no longer want and need it, then then I won't offer it anymore. But like you say, unfortunately, we do need it right now. I was very naive when I started my classes. I don't know if you were with me at the very beginning, but the first full-bodied yoga class I taught was one, I teach like five, six classes a week now, but I taught one and I remember just being like, hello everyone we'll do this class and I'll never see you again. Goodbye. Like I just foolishly thought, you know, because I was practicing in mainstream yoga spaces. So I thought I'll teach you this and then you'll fly free to the winds and I'll never see you again because you'll know how to modify. What I didn't realize was this need, this craving for the community and the space. And that's how, how then it became two classes, then three classes and four, because people were like, no, I, I don't wanna fly free into fitness world. I want to like stay here and be in this space. And that's totally fair, you know? I think it's, um, I've learned and I imagine you have as well, like, even when you begin to embrace your own body, it doesn't mean when you go into these spaces that you're embraced. And it's still hard work. It still feels like uh, a pushback. I recently started doing um, weight training. I wanted to explore lifting weights and just feel that strength and push, which I really enjoy. And I found a trainer, really, really nice person, but I specifically emailed her and said, I don't wanna talk about weight, like other than the weights I'm lifting, I don't wanna talk about my weight. I don't want to talk about measurement. I don't want to talk about diet. I'm not interested. And if that doesn't work, then we don't, I'll find somebody else. And she was lovely about it. And we had a few sessions together, but 
while she didn't really bring those things up, she couldn't help but talk to me about like the fat burning zone and things like that. And I, you know, at the end I, of the last session, I was just kind of like, I can't, I can't keep coming back because I, ha I can't, I couldn't have been more explicit, right? And but it's not that I feel that she was trying to um, actively change my mind. I think it's so instilled that she couldn't help but keep talking to me about. This fat, apparently there's this magical fat burning zone. I don't know. I don't care about it. But uh, yeah, so it's, you know, even when you, when you em embrace and feel empowered in your body and you realize your right to exist in it, it's still nice to go to a space where you don't have to give effort to, to show people. You know, does that make sense? Like, Yeah, I, I can't stop thinking about how you always tell us when we're getting into a forward fold or another pose where we are bending over in some capacity that if your belly is in the way, quote unquote in the way, to pick it up and move it with you. Mm -hmm. And that had never occurred to me before. And I now that I know it, it's great and I can do the poses, but I would I still don't think I would feel comfortable doing that in, in another yoga class or in another fitness environment in front of people who I have not established with them that there is this collective agreement that this is a fat positive space mm -hmm. because I just don't think it's there yet. Yeah, and everybody has a belly, really. That's the irony of it, but nobody wants, nobody wants to acknowledge it. And I, but you're, you're not wrong, you know? And I had a student who used to come to public drop-ins at a, when I taught in the studio system and, um, I remember she came to full body just for like a drop and she was a fuller bodied person and uh, I gave the cue and I wasn't really teaching that in public classes. Now I feel foolish. I should have just taught it everywhere. But I, I gave the cue and she cried and she was like, I've been doing yoga for years. No one's ever acknowledged this area of the body, let alone to say move it. So I think that that stayed with me because it just this wasn't someone that was uncomfortable with yoga or in yoga spaces and still just the, the acknowledgement of the existence of these parts of our bodies like was so emotional because we were, it's so funny, you know, that even in fitness spaces, body sort of focused spaces, we're still trying to distance ourselves from the body we have, right? And I think even when you change your body, it's, or at least in my own experience, I worked really hard years ago to change my body and I changed it and it was still not good enough. It was never good enough. I couldn't have worked out anymore uh, and it was still not good enough. And so we're always trying to distance ourselves. Um, and I think when we actually start to speak about what is here now, what exists, this belly, our chest, our arms, whatever, it invites us to stop distancing and to come to come back. It's okay. Come back to your body, right? Exactly. And I think too that I have never been capable of, to, of being just present in my body. I don't, when someone asks me, how are you feeling in this moment? I have a very hard time identifying those feel like physical feelings. And that's why I started doing yoga. And that's why I keep doing these classes because it forces me to sit down and be present. And I think that when you are viewing your body as not good enough or you're punishing your body being present from a space of compassion and and love and gentleness is impossible mm -hmm. and how awful is it to then sit in silence and try to get inside your body from that perspective you have to come at it from another way otherwise you're just torturing yourself oh. 
And I still haven't mastered that. When I sit in your class and I try to think about, because you always say, what is your body telling you today? I'm always like, oh, Helen, I don't know. I don't know how my body feels. Like I've never had to think about that because all I'm thinking about is how to avoid these feelings or how to fix those feelings. And it's something that takes a lot of time and I still haven't mastered it in any way, shape or form. But I appreciate that because I think I want to get there. I want to be able to identify very quickly how I'm feeling or what I need and then feel empowered enough to go do that and go get that for myself, which is why I'm sorry, but falling asleep in one of your classes was the greatest gift because <laughs> that's what my body wanted in that moment. I wanted to sleep. I wanted to rest. I was exhausted and I did it and it was fantastic. And I woke up right at the end. Um, so it's not like I left, you know, zoom on or anything like that. So that was fine. Camera was off all good, but it was great. It was like wonderful. And I think maybe, maybe that's when I peaked. Maybe I did reach that point where I could identify my needs and honor them. I don't know. Well, I think it's really wonderful for you to say that too, right? Because you're, um, all the work that you do and all the activism that you do, uh, I think people might, and I might even assume that, that you've already got it, that you're just there, you're like, this is good, I'll do some yoga for fat bodies, how wonderful, but we, we might assume that it's easy for you. And I think it's important to remind people that it's not, it's not easy for me either. And that, I think that's important for people to know, because if you're sitting there going, well, I'm also fat, I'm listening to this, but I don't, that stuff doesn't come easily for me, then... Uh, and we're sitting here going, oh, yeah, I'm totally in touch with my body all the time, and I love it, and I can't, you know, that is not helpful. It's not easy. It's continued work, and part of that is, right, because we're continually bombarded with um, messaging that's not not helpful. And so it, it does take time and continued practice, and it, I think it gets, it definitely has gotten easier for me and less judgmental. But th those things are still there. And those things are there, you know, when I go into a yoga studio for a class, I'm still often the only big bodied person um, as a student. And I'm often, if I teach publicly, which I haven't done in a long time, I used to be the only large person and I was the teacher and people would look concerned <laughs> when I would walk in like, oh, what's happened, right? It just, and then you have to prove yourself more. And so this stuff is not easy, even when you're doing the work and you're trying to embody these things, it's still um, challenging. But I really think yoga is a space that should be that for people. It isn't always, but it should be. I think you're kind of nailing it on the head for a lot of fat folks who are in public facing roles about fatness. A lot of people assume that we have it in the bag, we're past these things, nothing bothers us. And it is a really good reminder that Often the spaces where we do feel the most comfortable are the ones that are explicitly fat positive and there are other fat people in the room. You know, I wear spandex bike shorts and a sports bra to your classes and I would never wear that in any other space because I am not guaranteed that I'm not the only fat person in the room. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like if I am the only fat person in the room, which I am a lot of the time, I'm already a spectacle and I'm already hyper visible. And it's only in spaces with other fat people where I get to relax a little bit because I'm not rendered a spectacle. I'm not hyper visible. I look just like everybody else. And it sounds again so like silly or um, small, but it really is like so significant, even for folks like you and I who are consistent, you know, on our website it says we're fat positive. 
and I, I think that is a good reminder that that doesn't necessarily mean then that we're immune to all of the fat phobic rhetoric and discourse that's constantly spinning around us all the time. Yeah, sometimes you just want to blend. And it, you, you can't if you're the only large body in the room, right? I, 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 what I've enjoyed, especially teaching, well, I guess only teaching on Zoom this would happen is I look up at the screen to see all of you. And then sometimes I'm like, why am I doing? And I'm like, that's not me, Helen, your screen's over there because we all look similar. <laughs> so I'm like, that doesn't usually happen. I can find myself right away on the screen usually. And so it's lovely to kind of look around. And of course there are different shapes, sizes in the, in the room, but uh, it's nice to feel like we're, it's all somewhat similar and not to feel like there I am so easy to spot because I'm so different. Yeah, I get you there for sure. How would you encourage other fat people who might not be at that place of identifying as fat or might not be at that place of self-acceptance or what have you, but they want to get there? What would you advise them to do or how would you tell them to start on that journey? Asking yourself questions is really important. Um, sometimes like questions about like if you're trying to lose weight or you want to lose weight and you know I'm not anti I feel like you do what you want with your body but I think it's important to ask like why do I want that and then why and then why we start to get to the sometimes getting to the root like for me when I asked why 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 it it really ended up boiling down to like I want to feel certain ways a lot of it for me had to do with wanting to feel free wanting I feel like I have a like I'm a, I was a wild child and I feel like that's in me. And then when I got bigger, it got a little locked in there because I felt like, well, I can't be visible. I can't do these activities. I can't expand. I can't show myself because it's people will, some people will laugh, right? And so for me, when I sort of boiled a lot of it down, it, it did come back to like wanting to feel free. And I, you know, being thin really has nothing to do with it feeling free. That's internal because when I was thinner, I didn't feel free either. I felt frightened that I would gain weight and I did, <laughs> but I felt like people would be so disappointed and some were, right? And that's really hard. But so I think asking yourself questions is really important. I think remembering that body neutrality is a thing is important. You don't have to, it, how are you going to go from like struggling to like, oh, I love myself. Like that is a long winding road. At least it was for me. And so I think body neutrality is a great thing. Essentially being like, your body doesn't have to be the focus. You don't have to love it. You can just be like, this is my body. I exist in it. Now what else? What else do I want to do today? So I think you don't have to um, feel badly if you're, if you're not falling in love with your body. But I also don't think we need to obsess about hating our bodies. So I think that can be a part of it. And then also thinking about the things that... Um, again, asking questions, what gives you pleasure? What gives you joy? What makes you feel open? So the more we move towards those things, the less we become attached to just the body. Like for me, for so long, I just thought I can't have any of those things if this body isn't different. I'm not allowed because people are unhappy with me <laughs> if I look like this. Um, and so that takes work to let go of as well. But I think like, what's important to you? What do you want to change? What do you uh, want to, or not even want to change? What do you want to do? What do you want to experience? And you might find, I don't know, but you might find that a lot of that has to do, you know, has to do with a feeling uh, or an experience rather than 
where your body is. And I think once you start to live your life and be yourself, you like yourself more. And that naturally starts to translate into the body as well. Wanting to feel free is a very familiar sentiment to me. And I really identify with that. And I do think that when I tried to explore that, okay, well, how can I make myself feel more free? It came with these other feelings of, I wanna feel comfort, I wanna feel confident, I wanna feel strong. And I do think that as plus size fashion has expanded and I've been able to achieve more of the aesthetic that I desire, that has helped me feel free. Same with going to your yoga classes again and feeling strong because I know what modifications I need to make to complete a pose that I wasn't able to do before. And that makes me feel free. But it's true, growing up, I always thought that to be free, I had to be thin and that I would get there and then I could start living my life. And it's really powerful to be able to just live your life in the body that you have now and kind of accept. I mean, my research helped in the sense that I'm like, statistically speaking, I'm not getting any smaller. So what are you gonna do about it? And having that wake up call and then exploring the underlying feelings of what feeling free embodies or involves was especially helpful. And I think that that also required me to deconstruct these ideas of being a good fat person. And I'm wondering how you feel about that because I do think that in personal fitness spaces, when fat people are involved, often, at least from you know more political fat communities, there can be criticism of you're performing these good fatty behaviors. You know, like, oh, well, <laughs> yeah. you're exercising and you're trying to prove your worth like despite your fatness. And I think there's some validity to that, but I'm also curious how you, as, as we navigate fitness spaces, how do we negotiate the territory between like good fat people and bad fat people? Well, it's tough because I think if, as soon as you enter a fitness space as a fat person, you're kind of a good fat person. Everyone feels weirdly sorry for you or something, or they're like, good for you. And you're like, okay, well, <laughs> great. Um, and so I think that in and of itself, like people are, it's bad fat if you don't want to participate or you don't want to, you know. And I think often it is like then this, the type of uh, activity. Sometimes people frown on yoga because they think it's, quote, easy or uh, lazy. You just lie down. And some yoga, you do just lie down, and I love it. And so I think it is, um, again, as like I said earlier, feeling like you owe people something. In, in when you're in a larger body, um, it people then feel like you're good. And when you, you become bad, when you're like, I don't actually, I don't have to do anything for you. I, you just can look away if you don't like what you see. <laughs> and so I think that is, even if you, again, from some people's perspective, doing activity makes you good and not makes you bad. But I think also your attitude around it. You need to be apologetic. You need to feel ashamed. You need to be like really trying to change it. You need to somehow find this thin person that apparently lives inside you the whole time <laughs> that will spring free. Then you're a good, right? And when you start to be like, no, I just want to feel good. I just want to be strong or I just want to move or I just want to connect to my body or my breath uh, or get a little sweaty because that feels nice or whatever the case may be. I think those things are all great, but that can also be construed as bad because you're not towing the line. I, you know, I really have been curious um, about trying different forms of movement just for pleasure and also realizing, yeah, it doesn't have to feel like torture for, for it to be an okay thing to do. Like you can enjoy 
uh, movement. You can enjoy gentle movement if that's what you prefer, whatever it is, dancing, swimming, yoga, whatever. Then, yeah, it, 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 it's interesting how, because being happy is such a part of health, but the argument is often like, I care for your health, so I want you to run up a mountain with a 50-pound weight on your back. You might die, but at least you were trying, and I'm pleased, and I feel like I've helped you. So we need to kind of let go of – because I think trying to be good for other people, trying to be a good fat, is like you cannot win. It's so true. I feel I felt like I was being a bad fatty by preferring the yin classes mm -hmm. because you're sitting or um, not necessarily always sitting, but you're holding poses for longer, longer amounts of time. And so I signed up for a few of the other classes. And I'm going to be honest, doing like sun salutations multiple times in a row made me dizzy. It didn't make me feel good. But I felt like I wasn't doing yoga just by doing these like long stretches. And it did reach a point where I had to be like, okay, well, why am I signing up for yoga? Oh, it's because I want to force myself to take time to, like the meditation aspect was more important to me because I'm not that type of person and I need someone to like force me to sit down and like do it and be still for one hour. And so to, I had to accept that, that like maybe that to some people would seem like a bad fatty behavior, but also... I don't care. I don't care. But it took me a minute to, to stop caring. And you have to live for you, right? We're, we're not, at the end of the day, like it's your life. And if even if you listen to this and you're like, Helen, oh, she's, Helen sounds nice. I don't ever want to do yoga though. Great. You don't have to do yoga. You don't have to do activity. That's the thing. We don't, we don't owe anyone that. It's more, again, it comes back to that question of what makes you feel good, right? You notice doing sun salutations made you feel dizzy. There's a reason I teach two yin classes. People love it, right? They, they need that stillness, stretching, focusing, breathing. And, you know, I think that we, we need to let go of this pressure to prove. A, I just feel, and I still struggle with it. Sometimes feeling like I need to prove something to people. When I'm recording, I record videos for other places, you know, and I feel like, oh, I'm feeling out of breath. They're going to pick that up on the mic and people are going to be like, oh, of course, she's out of breath. The fat one's out of breath. But it's just like you get out of breath when you're trying to do yoga and talk to, at people for a long time. You get out of breath when you're carrying more weight. There's nothing wrong with it. We've just kind of decided that something wrong with it and so it, yeah I think it all comes back to like who are you living for who are you living for it should be for you I hope but it, unfortunately for so many fat people we're not we're living for other people because the messaging is like well you have to be miserable if you're fat because if you're not it's very confronting to people they're like well you're supposed to be miserable and lonely and sitting in a grayer house than everybody else and just like, oh, I'm so sad, right? And as soon as we start living for ourselves, we realize, oh, what a lie. I'm allowed to be, have a colorful house and be joyful and live for myself. And breathe heavily when you're exercising. Hello. I feel like, you know, okay, listen, even if you just hate fat people and you want us to exercise more, if I do that, I'm going to be breathing heavily and you need to be fine with it. Yes. It can't be weaponized to be used against me. Um, so I want to end the interview by asking you to do something a little odd <laughs> and I apologize, but well, no, I don't apologize because this is my favorite, favorite, favorite thing about you. Um, so as weird as this sounds, and it might be verging on like ASMR territory, but you end every single class with the same sentiment and 
I've taken enough of your classes. It's ingrained in my brain. Mm -hmm. But I have called on it in moments where I needed that reminder and I have heard your voice in my head. And I just think it's such a beautiful sentiment. So I'm wondering if you can say for this podcast how you conclude your classes. Yes, I can. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, as you move through your day, your week, your life, always remember to treat yourself and your body with love, respect, and kindness. Oh, I love it so much. I really do. I really do. So my last question that I'm ending every episode with is what can non-fat allies do to contribute to making the personal fitness world or the yoga world more friendly for fat people? Mm. I think just like if you're if you are a fitness person learning take trainings on how to work with larger body people uh notice your own biases like notice if you're or you've pre-decided what they would want uh let that go ask them and if you're not in the world of fitness as a educator but you are you go to the gym or whatever don't stare don't slow clap at a fat person they might have been going there a lot longer than you <laughs> don't just let people be let people be and uh, if you notice you're in a space that doesn't seem to treat people well then sign up for a different space stop giving fat phobic places your money that's my thought <laughs> if someone slow clapped at me i think i would eat them i don't know <laughs> i don't know that i would ever accept that oh geez um, so where can people learn more about you and your work? Mm -hmm. I have a website, HelenCamisa.com. You can find me at Helen Camisa Yoga on Instagram. And that's kind of the places. I do a newsletter, weekly newsletter, uh, but everything there is all connected. So you can find me there. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Helen. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. This podcast is produced and directed by me, Layla Cameron. Both audio and video versions of this podcast were edited by Ari Conrad Birch. Each interview was filmed and audio recorded by Rami McHale. Additional video was filmed and edited by Felix Naud and directed by ETW Media Productions. The music for this season is by the band Parlor Panther. Funding for this podcast is supported by TELUS Storyhive.